Let us read Hebrews 4, 12. Hebrews 4, verse 12, together. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. May God bless the reading of his word. Let us all turn to God in prayer. Our gracious, loving, heavenly Father, we thank you for safe journeys to thy house. We come seeking afresh the cleansing and washing in the blood of our Saviour. We pray, O God, that you would use basic Bible knowledge each week to build up our faith, our understanding in your word, and most importantly, Lord, that we would obey your holy word. And Father, we pray that now you would send your Holy Spirit to be our teacher. And Lord, we know that without him, we can understand nothing. And Lord, we do ask that he would Lord, open our hearts and our minds. We ask and pray for all this, for thy church's sake, in Jesus' name. Amen. Right, we continue in this topic on the importance of God's Word. Now, basic Bible knowledge, as I've mentioned many times, uh, but basic to the Christian. And the importance of God's Word must be a basic truth in your heart. Whatever, however long you have been a Christian, now, no matter how much of the Word of God you have studied, you must not ever feel that it is enough already. The Christian must always know that it is a very deep mind. All right, we can keep studying one single verse and never finish studying it through until we die. Now, that is how wonderful the Word of God is. But now, Scriptures remind us, as we have read Hebrews 4.12, it is quick, means it is alive. The Word of God must be understood by the believer not as a dead book. We must not study it like as if it's um, a book of history, a book of science, uh, or, or just a religion. Now, it is living words that comes to life to the believer. If you are not a believer, then yes, the Word of God is dead to you because without the Holy Spirit, you cannot understand the Word of God. In fact, the Word of God is very unpleasant to you. But to the believer, the basic understanding is God's Word is very precious because it is living. The Christian who does not study the Word of God misses out on something very, very precious, very, very wonderful. But when the Christian sees God's Word is living, you can't wait to open it at home. You can't wait to go and study it in church in um, FEBC courses, you can't wait. It's living. And when it is living, it comes to you. In other words, when the Christian realizes it's living, you will understand one thing. In times of need, the living God knows exactly when you need certain verses, certain passages to strengthen you, uphold you, your family, encourage you to carry on or um, point out what is wrong. Hence, God says it is sharper, sharper than any two-edged sword. It is very precise and it is very effective. That is what it is saying. So, Christian, we are told to study, study the Word of God, 
to put labor in. Now, not just to know God's word and know all the stories. Parents, when you teach your children the word of God, understand it is living. Understand it is supposed to work in their hearts, bring salvation to them, number one. Number two, well, even for ourselves, it is piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and marrows, the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Study the Word of God. Read the Word of God in your quiet time. Not for head knowledge. Always ask God, please show me my heart. Discern my thoughts. You see, as we go through life, there are many thoughts that go through our mind through the day. Thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not millions. Now, these thoughts can begin to change us. And when you pray, Lord, use your word to unchange the mind, heal my mind. There's a hymn that actually have these words. Lord, I thank you for saving me. I thank you for healing my mind. You see, the word of God changes our thinking. It discerns, causes you to realize, and then it changes it. Of course, we must be willing to change. The reason why God says is um, it divides asunder and it discerns your thoughts is to tell you, I will, if you read my word, if you study my word, I will, I will show you the ugliness in your life. I will show you what is wrong. I will show you your false motives. Now, in fact, when we study the Word of God, the more we study it, the more we will despise ourselves and realize how utterly filthy, how utterly um, um, wicked and unworthy we are. That is what God's Word does. Now, that is the problem today in the Christendom, where the Word of God is only supposed to please us, make us feel good about ourselves. But here, the Word of God says it's like a sword. It's painful. It splits you up. Now, it means this for the young believer, and especially the mature believers. As you live your life, or when you first become a Christian, or if you're still a babe in Christ, sometimes the Word of God can be very unpleasant, whether it's in your reading or whether it's in your hearing, in messages in church. Your old life, you've, you've lived your old life a certain way, you have a certain way of thinking, you have certain intents, certain motives in your life that has formed your character. But God says, He will begin to show you what is wrong with your life, my life, and we will begin to see things that we don't like about ourselves. And we will want to cover that up and we will want to just carry on in our old character. The Word of God is supposed to change us. So you must submit to it. Studying the Word of God is to bring ourselves under the authority of God and say, Lord, pierce me, show me, change me. And as we grow older, there'll be things that we are so set in our ways as well and in our intents. Means what we have always learned, what we have always known from the world and certainly what we have sometimes always learned from um, wrong teachings. We are so set in our ways 
we do not want to change. The Word of God being sharp, the Word of God being piercing, the Word of God being discerner of thoughts and intents is for one purpose, one key purpose, dear friends. And there's a basic knowledge you must have to change us. We already said, it's a light onto our path, lamp onto our feet. For what? When God shines, for us to walk there. Whether it's personal sins. And for the church, whether it is ecclesiastical sins. God shines and say, this is how you should be. This is how your family should be. This is how church should be. There is no use for God to give us His perfectly preserved word if it is not that throughout the ages, the Christian and the church will always submit itself, submit ourselves under its authority. And when we begin to realize something is wrong with myself, something is wrong with the church, something is wrong, we must say, God, your word is authority. It does not matter what is practical in my life. It does not matter what is practical for the church. It does not matter. Well, if practicality is the criteria and the authority for the Christian life, then we really do not need God's Word because in every age, in every situation, it all depends. It depends on what is practical at this stage of my life. It depends what is practical in the church at this time. It does not matter. God's Word has no reason to exist because now practicality, situation, situational ethics becomes the authority. So Christian, when God says, is to is a discerner of the thoughts and in the intents. The intents means we have our own thinking, our own thoughts. But God says it does not matter what you think. It does not matter what your intention is, even if it is good intentions. The question is, is it my intent? And I need to show you, divide it very clearly in your heart. Your intent or my intent for your life, for your family, for the church. So Christian, there is no use for us to want a perfect Bible, defend a perfect Bible, when actually we don't intend to obey it. The reason why we study the Word of God, it is for that purpose. So Christian, I hope that we will have this honesty in us each time we open the Bible. The church will always have this honesty in us that each time we open the Bible, when we see that something has not been right, whether it's personal life, family life, church, church, um, how church is, what church is doing, then we must all unite our hearts and say, we have to change as a family. We have to change as a church. God, in the Old Testament, repeatedly gave specific instructions to the children of Israel. But the children of Israel very often would, well, interpret God's word the way they want to interpret it. They would conveniently disobey God's word. And if you study the book of Judges, you will realize again and again, one of the key phrases that God uses and the theme of the book of Judges is this, that man did what was right, what? In God's eyes? No. 
in his own eyes, based on his own thoughts, based on his own intention. The children of Israel just kept saying, this is not practical. This is not relevant to us. This does not work for us in our situation, whether it's their personal life, the tribes, or whether it is Israel as the church in the wilderness. They, they did that which was right in their own eyes. And they always failed. One of the things that God expects, He said, now, if you want me to be in your midst, if you want me to, be, to journey with you on earth, then there is one thing that He requires. Absolute submission to His authority. Each time Israel want to do as they wish, they are simply saying this, same for us by extension. God, my way works better than yours. God, why do I need, why do we need to submit to your authority? Ultimately, that is what it is. And hence God said, now, if you do not want to submit to my authority and understand this, then there is, you're saying, you don't need me in your midst, then I'll let you have it your way. Did Israel grow? Did Israel succeed? At times, yes. So you see, that is the danger. Sometimes God can leave us and we keep doing things our own ways, whether it's in our own life, whether it's in church or whether it is in our family. We seem to be fine. So Israel thought we are fine. No, God was simply patiently waiting for them to repent. Eventually, the chastisement always caught up with them. This will be our life. This will be our family's life. This will be our church life. Don't think that just because things are fine, when you continue to disobey the word of God, then it should be, it is all right with God. It was not all right with God. So Christian, when we don't want to submit <clears throat> utterly, totally, <clears throat> absolutely to the word of God, then we are saying, God, we really don't need you I really don't need you in my life. I really don't need you in my family. I really don't need your word to define what church should be. We will run it our ways, our own way. So Christian, understand that the word of God is quick, powerful, sharp because it's meant to show us what is wrong and then for us to correct it. View God's word that way. Every time you hear a message, that you don't like. Every time you hear a message, don't like, but if you are saved deep in your heart, you will know the truth unless you are not saved. All right? Then you will insist going on in this way, insist on that way for your family, insist on that way in church, unless you're not saved. But the true believer who wants to obey God, the Holy Spirit will help you to discern. You will know something is not right in my life, my family, the church. You will know. And it's time to obey. All right, so that is the purpose of a sharp sword, to make it effective. Now, then we move on, <clears throat> all right? So now, what are some of the methods of studying God's Word? Page 154. <clears throat> daily reading. Daily reading. Systematic reading. That is important. Now, Christian, do not jump about. I said this many times, especially for the young people. The elderly are like, all right? Don't open the Bible and say, today, I just flip here and I just start here. Let me see what nuggets of wisdom God wants to give me. 
That is not the, how the living God works with the living word. As you read systematically, pick a book. If, if, if you not have already as an elderly, say, from this, this is a new year. This year, I want to read through the Bible systematically through the year. In fact, all Christians should read through the Bible several times. Systematically, just read book by book. Those who profess, those who read the book of the Bible in their quiet time daily and say, I read one chapter a day or two chapters or three chapters a day, you will find that at that very moment, God, when you need that rebuke, encouragement, strengthening, guide, guidance, you will find that that's exactly what you needed. Whether you're confused, whether you're fearful. Now, when you read the word systematically and you see God work, it strengthens your faith. God, I know this is your will. Because that's how God leads you. It's amazing. God already knows what is going to happen. Now, if you read according to, accordingly, it will meet perfectly in its timing. Systematic study of the Word of God. All right? So don't just flip and say, God, I am in trouble. Let me see. I just flip, right? God, please show me. And then you point your finger there and then you read. Right? There's always the joke, you know. You open and then you flip and you put and you say, Judas hung himself. And then you flip, oh, that can't be. You flip and flip, go thou and do likewise. Right? That is what happened when the Christian ran. And when you are random, you don't know whether this is really God timing, planning for your life, or it's coincidence. So you don't have that assurance of faith. All right? So do that. Now read the Bible through the year. 15 minutes to 30 minutes, two to three chapters a day, you can finish the Bible in a year. Don't worry if you do not understand certain parts. Many young believers say, or immature Christians, I don't understand when I read. I don't understand anything. And they give up. Now you keep reading. You keep coming to church to study the Word of God. You will begin to understand precept upon precept. Then the next time you read, ah, I understand this doctrine. I remember what we learned. This all fits in, all right? So, Christian, please have a daily reading of the Bible if you do not have that. You are walking on very thin ice. Very, you are walking a very dangerous life because it is light, it is lamp, it is living. You may be heading towards a terrible mistake in life if the Word of God is not daily in your life to guide you, correct you. You will fall. Why do many Christians make Mistakes in life that they regret for the rest of their life, face consequences that cannot be changed. A simple reason. It's as simple as you keep walking in a dark room full of holes, full of sharp things, full of pits, and you refuse to use the torch like. Don't scratch your head anymore, you know. It is because the Word of God is not daily in your life. All right? Now, Read the Bible yourself. RPG, read, pray, and grow. That's a good source. But read, pray, and grow is simply what someone else now is writing a magazine to help you understand God's Word more. But the Christian must not depend on read, pray, and grow. Parents, don't tell your children, read, pray, and grow, that's enough, yourself included. Or whatever daily devotional, that sound ones that you use. It's a living, God, living word specifically for you. Those are augments, help you. All right? 
it says, it's like coming to church to study the Word of God. That is not your quiet time. Pick a book, read it through. Keep reading one after another. All right, so this is basic. The Christian must have this basic in their life. If you, I mean, it's like as simple as saying God says it's meat, it's milk. Don't eat daily, you know what happens to you, right? You fall sick. Eventually, you'll be so weak, all right? You cannot do anything in life. So elderly, if that has not been your life, this is basic. Start. One of the things that I always recommend for people to do if you have not started, in the book of Proverbs, has 31 chapters. I know, I know every month is not 31 days. But every day, read one chapter of it on top of your daily reading because Proverbs is a book of wisdom. I love it very much. When you wake up in the morning, turn it on. Let it be reading, all right? Listen to it. Better still, sit down quietly and read it. You'll be amazed how God will show you how you and I need to change, what we need to change, and how we need to deal with that problem at work, in the home. So much wisdom in there, but not that it's just your daily inclusion, all right? But always have a quiet time that you read, focusing on meditating on God's Word, right? Don't just read. Meditate, meditate. Now, in your quiet time, you do not have to rush through it. So there are three things you can do. One, Proverbs every day. Two, your quiet time reading on your own, all right? Three, read through the Bible a year. Please do that. That is basic Christian living. And in your quiet time, you do not need to rush through the book. You do not need to say, Lord, don't use, I say, don't use, read through the Bible a year as your quiet time. You won't learn much. Because that is just to give you an overview, give, understand the scenarios, the, the, the events, the, the, the occurrences. It's just that. But quiet time is for you to really meditate, to chew on the Word of God. You can read one chapter and that can be your quiet time for, for a month. Really meditate. Really ask God, what does He want to reveal about Himself? What is there in you that you need to change? What must you do in life? Take your time, all right? So three things in daily reading. Now, the second one, Bible memorization. Very useful thing because the Word of God says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Hiding God's Word. So it's not just reading. Hiding God's Word is memorize it, keep it in there, and keep remembering it through the day. And that is the good thing about Proverbs. You wake up in the morning, you say, Lord, i got to handle this problem. And it looks like I'm a person who is, who is easily, who loses my temper, my cool very easily. And I'm so afraid that that's going to happen at work, at home, with my children, with my spouse. And then you read that day, especially that day, and you say, well, how you need to control your spirit how you need to control your words, right? How a soft answer turneth away wrath and all those kind of verses. Then you memorize it. Memorize it. Then when, when before you deal with something, you recite it in your heart, recite it in your mind and use it to constrain you, right? So Bible memorization is very good. 
Parents, we give memory verses for your children um, every week in Sunday school. Do you go through it with them? Go through it with them. Memorize it for yourself as well if you don't already have a system. And do it with them. Do it as a family. Family, when you gather for family worship, have a Bible memory verse and then test each other. All right? So these are things that should be a very normal part of a Christian life. But if you view it as, well, those are for godly families, godly individuals. Then you miss the most basic thing of a Christian living, husband and wives. Do you do that with one another? Singles, do you memorize God's Word on your own? You can also have a Bible memory, memorizing a partner in church. All right? And stir one another. All right? This week, we'll, this week, you choose a verse. Next week, I'll choose a verse. And then we quiz one another. And, but remember, the memorizing of God's Word is not to win a competition. The memorizing of God's Word is so that when you hide God's Word in your heart, you will not sin against God. So parents, when you teach your children memory verses, when you go through it with them, ask them, do you understand what it means? Give me an example of how to apply it in your own life. That is the point of Bible memorization, all right? It requires willpower, mental discipline, and much prayer. Always pray before and after. It's a spiritual exercise, not a carnal one. Don't feel very good. If you know God's Word very well, you can recite it word perfect. I'm not saying that is bad. Don't feel very proud of your child that your child always is doing very well in Bible memory verses. Sunday school teacher, how was my child today? And young ones, when you memorize God's word well, don't be proud about it. It is not a carnal, fleshly exercise. It is a torchlight for us. Bible memorization is a very powerful way to keep your mind spiritual. Very, very powerful. You wonder, why does my mind always drift to unclean thoughts, lustful thoughts, covetous thoughts, angry thoughts, um, gossipy thoughts, judgmental thoughts? Why? Because of lack of God's word swirling in our minds. All right? So, well, elderly, if you think there's nothing much I can do, husband and wives, Always have Bible memorization between the two of you. Choose one verse each day or whatever timing you want. Will you start that? You see, we keep saying God's Word is very powerful, very sharp. It's like a cook say, you know, I want to buy the, the sharpest, the most effective knife. After you buy it, say, this is the most expensive, the best. And then you put it in a drawer and you keep using some blunt knife or you don't even use a knife. God uses all these things, sharp, two-edged sword, and all that, to let us know, use it, use it, use it. Bible memorization. So every time you do your quiet time, pick a verse. Lord, this is the verse that I really need to make sure it occurs in my life, that I need to obey and memorize it. Memorize it. Don't memorize, you won't benefit much. You will forget. All right, we move quickly. Well, adult Bible class. For example, BBK. BBK, every year I keep emphasizing different aspects, going in deeper, all right? So I know that we go through a cycle. 
come, come for BBK. Doesn't mean it's finished, it's done. Because we need to keep revising God's word. The more you hear it, they say, I missed it at the last BBK. This has become what I need. I understand it more. Right? So it is, it is the Lord's day. Why not come? Why not come? Adult Bible classes, like BBK, for example, where God's word is taught systematically. Contact groups, well, we don't have contact groups. Um, Dickie's Word, we have that in this church. We provide very detailed notes about books of the Bible and for you to study it, understand it, answer questions that are specifically tailored for, uh, for yourself, for our church. Facilitators are trained to do that. Dickie's Word is where you now in your own area of personal study, many areas that you do not understand. You have, you have people who are trained. I train them personally, correct the things that they may answer wrongly on their own, and then make sure we all are consistent, theologically, doctrinally correct. They are there to clarify many things that you do not understand in the Bible. Dickie's word, come for it. Don't say, well, Dickie's word is a week for Dickie's word. I won't come. It's a week where it's Bible study. I come and sit down and listen. Dickie's Word makes you think. Now I want to say one thing about Dickie's Word. When I started with the facilitators, it was horrendous, scary, right? They were all over the place. And a passage says this, they will say many things that are doctrinally correct, but it is not in the passage. But I thank God, and I really see the power of God's word when you, up, when you put in effort. So it's the same for you. When you do it, and then you get corrected, don't get angry. Say, ha, now I know why, now I know what is wrong with the way I divide God's word. Always remember, you may be saying the right things, but it's not what God is saying. It's just right somewhere else in the Bible, but not in that passage. Dick is what helps you to be very precise in your own Bible reading. Dick is what helps you to do good devotions yourself. We have two columns. One column, maybe some of you don't understand that. Eh? Now, one column, I make you do the, um, the statement of what this passage, give a statement of what this passage is talking about. We call it the homiletical outline, all right? So it's just what the Bible says, and you just state it in a summarized form. Then the other column is where you apply it. Then you give the practical application. And your practical application must be drawn from your summary statement. Why do we do that? It makes you divide the Word of God. It don't make you be someone that is very terrible. Huh? You take a passage, God did not say that, and then you say, God says that. This is how we apply it. It's very dangerous. So Dickie's word is to help you Right, don't get discouraged. You do your homework. You try. You get it wrong. It's okay. That is where you learn. So one, be precise in your understanding. Paraphrase it. And then the other, be very tight in your application. Draw it from there. Now I see the change in the facilitator. Sometimes they only have one day or two, one night or two nights. Two nights to turn around and do all the 10 questions and some of them are very difficult questions that I set. But over the years, I've seen them grown. Sometimes I say, ah, this is going to be a tough one for them. But sometimes they make, they make better statements, all right, than me. 
when you put in effort, you will change. You will find the studying of God's Word is so, so wonderful. And you are very sure how to interpret God's Word and how to apply it. And you have the faith to live it. All right, so Christian, please know Dickie's Word. It's a lot of work behind it. And when you put in your effort, you will grow. You will grow. Number six, fellowship groups. Now, please remember in the book of Ephesians, God say, God gives gifts to the church. And one of the gifts is pastor teachers. All right? There are people who feel, I don't need church. I can study it myself. I'm a, I'm a, I have a master's, I have a doctorate in engineering. Whatever it is, I can understand God's word. I can teach my own family God's word. I don't need to come to learn. Yes, granted, some things are, are straightforward. But even God's word says there are some things hard to be understood. Why does God give pastor teachers that gift to the church? God said, I gift you with people that are this. I will call them, I will train them, and they will teach you. So Christians who feel that they don't need to come to fellowship groups to study God's word, miss out on what God gives to help you. The word of God is not understood by human intelligence, however much training you have in the world. Whatever high-ranking position you hold in the world is irrelevant. It's the Holy Spirit that works. And there will be passages that are difficult. And God says some rest the Scriptures to their own destruction. Fathers, I want to warn you of this. If you don't systematically study God's Word, you don't take Bible courses, you don't come for fellowship, where trained people, called by God, trained to feed you with it, there is a great danger. Because when you interpret God's word wrongly, and you lead your family by that, and you teach them that, and you expect God's church to be a certain way, you're in great danger. You are the blind leading the blind, and the accountability on you is very great. Parents, when you don't have proper study of the word, not just yourself, but train people teaching, you are going to teach your children wrong things. They are going to grow up believing in the wrong way of living. But because they hear it from you, they think it is, well, that is right. And when they hear the church teach otherwise, even though from his God's word, they will always take you as the authority in their lives, by and large. All right, so fellowship groups. Fellowship groups are not for games. Fellowship groups are not for um, just testimonies. Fellowship groups are not where we learn how to sew, we learn how to cook, we learn how to do certain crafts. We hear about how to um, take care of our finances and our health. Because today, that is what fellowship groups are in churches. Remember, this chapter is about the importance of knowing God's Word. The centrality of God's Word in fellowship group is the aim of the church fellowship groups. That is always that. So, Christian, don't, I'm not saying that, that um, doing activities together, having fun together, all those are outside the church. It's not the church duty to teach you how to cook. It's not the church duty to teach you how to sow, how to take care of your um, how to um, do investments. It is not the calling of the church. God told 
the, the apostle repeatedly told Peter, feed my sheep, not entertain them, feed my sheep three times. When he restored Peter, he said, this is what you live for. Now, the pastors who does not feed God's sheep, it's not fit to be called a pastor because that is the duty. And it leads us well to the next point, right? Worship services. Attending worship services, well, there is a command from God. We're going to learn the Ten Commandments soon, all right? Command from God. Now, the measure of a church, measure of a local church in most cases, is measured by the standard of preaching in that church. For this is the impression he receives when he's invited to a church. It is a place where God, the Word of God is faithfully preached and learned by the church as a whole. How do you choose a church? A church that does not use sharp things. I'm not saying literally sharp. A church that will use a blunt word, right? Does not offend me. Does not point out my sins, my errors. Does not correct my thinking in my life, my family. Or do you want a church to be one that, where, that is where you are fed? You are fed or you are entertained. Now, most modern churches today, the key focus is entertain the congregation. That there is the lighting, the stage setting, the activities are all geared towards entertaining. When the church began to have Bible studies, I never forget that. Many people ask, Preacher Joseph, what's Bible study? Never heard of it, never knew it was, what it was, especially those that came from other churches. What is Bible study? And some even began to resist. Fellowship is, is fellowship. It must be more fellowshipping time. The Word of God, 10 minutes, done. That is not the reason for a church. Now, if you have that thinking, you need to change. Because the purpose of the church is to exalt Christ in His Word, draw you to Him. How to do that? Only the Word. That is how you choose a church. All right? Where the Word of God is faithfully, correctly exposited, obeyed to the best of their ability by God's grace. That is where you want to be. And when you are in that church, understand this. You may begin to hear things that you're not used to. But if it is in the Word of God, let it be that two-edged sword to pierce you, to change you. All right? Now, last one, FEBC courses. It's readily available. It's out now. A whole list of courses are on the notice board. Far Eastern Bible College classes are not simply for full-time workers. All right? It's made available to all. Why not take it? Why not study it? Now remember I say study, the word study in the Bible means, um, where we read in Timothy, it means put in a lot of effort, perspire to the point of exhaustion. That is the meaning of study. So God's expectation of the believer is not this cursory study. Even for you elderlies, you have the time to take it. Take those courses, all right? Now a child of God who loves God's word will want to take as many as possible. But of course, time limits you. You're working, you're studying. Now then, number nine, men's and ladies' fellowship, Bible study groups. 
We have husbands and fathers. We have well, our men and ladies. Now it's Delphos at Delphi's Bible study. We have seniors fellowship. We have teens Q&A. So many. Why not attend it? Where are you when that's happening? If the Word of God is important to you, you want to attend everything. That is why it's very encouraging young people coming for seniors fellowship. Yes, they come to help, but they listen intently. And very often they leave saying, oh, Pastor, that was, that was just what I needed. And these are young people. All right, so annual church camp. Do not plan your leave to go away at annual church camp. It's a very good source of intensive studying of the Word of God. It is like a few months of worship services in one, day and night, day after day. Very often that is the intense boot camp that you need for the year to correct thinking, to boost up your, your spirit, to change certain things, to fellowship with one another, of course. But that intensive non-stop feeding of the Word. That is very often what is the turning point for many believers. Now, I'm not saying that you only go and turn your life around at church camps. But church camp is a very wonderful boot camp for the Christian. Now, I'm going to say something that is a sharp, is a sharp two-edged sword. All right? Fathers, you are the one who plan the holidays for your family. Do not plan it during church camp. Don't say things like, well, it's not the Lord's day where it's commanded. Church camp is not. Friday, Tuesday is not commanded in the Word of God. It's not in the Ten Commandments. So I don't keep it. That's not, ne that's not necessary. So fathers, it is a time where you be the leader. We are going to learn God's Word intensively this week. That is your greatest greatest contribution all right to them learning to say where the word of god is taught everything else our holidays our whatever it is is secondary you set the tone of how important god's word is through the year by your decisions let us pray